All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms To the line, Hughes, scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season Capital H Capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you five dollars off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. Z e p h y r epic go check them out on all platforms they've got a lot of fun stuff going on on all of their social media they got the little contests the little pokemon coloring books and all that sort of stuff on instagram facebook twitch twitter you name it you go check it out they got a lot of fun stuff from shamanus to shawinigan which is in quebec chris they deliver free on any order over 50 dollars. that's a pretty good one do you have one do you, you want me to go with one do you want to yeah i can give you one okay from Geez, where do I want to go? From Mission to Moncton. It's a good one. Moncton, New Brunswick, I believe, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know. I think so. The Moncton Monarchs. That's what the minor hockey team. You know what we should do? We should just, every time we say one of these names, we should say what we think the minor hockey team should be called there. Because remember, we did Thunder Bay, and I said they should be called the Thunder Bay Lightning. Like, that's such a layup. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I, I came around to that one for sure. What's the Shawinigan hockey team? Shamanus Heat are an actual team. They're a junior B team. Okay, uh, that's news to me. Yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta, like Dollywood. Dollywall would be proud of me, knowing my roots of junior hockey. That's my league too, isn't it, Shamanus? Uh, yeah. Vijhl over there. Yes, my Bucks. Yes, my Bucks. My my winless Bucks. They haven't got winless a win this Bucks. year. That's tough. You think the Canucks are bad? Michael Quitlam Express are, tough, are uh, struggling as well. Yeah. Former Burnaby Express fan myself. Huge Burnaby Express fan back in the day. Uh, we are also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's. That will get you free delivery on any order over $50, along with 25% off on your first order on the DoorDash app. So when you make an account, if you haven't done so yet, folks, you're saving money. You got to go do that. You got to get on that 25% off and free delivery on your first order. It does not get much better than that, folks. My what's name is the, David Cadrelli. Yeah, yeah. What's the yeah, last yeah. thing? What's the last thing you ordered from DoorDash? What's the last thing? I'm joined by Chris Faber, who decided that uh, he didn't want to be introduced properly. Most That's people. Fine. Okay, here's the thing. Most people listening to this have already listened to the show because one thing we're noticing there's not a lot of new Canucks fans that are looking <laughs> for looking for extra things to consume about this team. No. No, there's there not isn't. many. But the, I I noticed even today, like working at six fifty all week here. I'm doing the producing the afternoon show. Nice, which is kind of fun. But people are definitely still wanting to have their voices heard and you know get their thoughts out there. People still care. People, you know, we you talk about people giving up and not caring at all. I think people care. They care a lot because they want a change to come, man. They they want something to happen. But what's the last uh, what's the last thing you order off the DoorDash? Uh, Cody Sievertson sent uh, pasta more to my house. Okay, that's that was right. The last thing I got on DoorDash. That was very nice of him. You know what? I, I used to get it a lot, I, and I honestly I haven't had sushi in so long. Okay. Now that I think about it, like I like sushi, but sometimes sushi as a meal just doesn't like you know it doesn't like hit the spot when you're gonna order like a DoorDash order. You want the food to like hit the spot. Like pasta more is a good example. Yeah. You know, even like ordering Popeyes, something like that. I don't know. Just sushi hasn't been up to par with me lately. Like I, I, I don't know. There's so many good sushi places, especially around Vancouver. Especially when I'm working at 6:50. Like around there, endless amounts of sushi. But I just, uh, I don't know. One of these days, I'm gonna get back on the sushi. Here, you recently had your first Donair. You said. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, I had Donair for the first that's, time. That's the last thing I've ordered on DoorDash. Was uh, got some Donair, dude. I think that's what it's nice. called. It's not very good Donair, but it was fine. Oh, I like. But Donair. you had your first. Yeah. 
Lamb. I went with lamb. You went with lamb? I like lamb. I'm a, oh. I'm a lamb guy. I'm not no. a big lamb guy. You want to hear a story? So, sure. What else are we going to do on this podcast? Yeah, we'll get to it. I have a little cousin. Well, I guess she's not little anymore. She's like 16. But anyway, we were at this Greek restaurant, and my brother was probably, geez, how old would he have been? Um, Older. He was like 13 or something. He was at that menacing age. And my cousin, who was six at the time, is like eating lamb because that's what her parents like ordered for her. And my brother like leans over and he was like, that's Mary's little lamb. And she didn't like that. Did she finish the lamb? She finished the lamb. Wow. What a savage. Lamb's pretty good. <laughs> I don't like lamb that much. Really? No. I like lamb. I'm a lamb guy. There's a couple things that like, listen, I like a lot of food, especially meat. A lot of good meat. I could eat. You know what this whole what's this, this carnivore diet where people just eat meat or something okay have you heard about this it's pretty i think it's been around for a while now probably pretty close to what i eat like, yeah but it's continue <laughs> it's basically like man i could see myself doing that i could see myself just eating meat but apparently you can't have sauce which would like ugh, that would really oh i have a lot of sauce really. so meat yeah sauce, i'm a sauce guy for sure but i don't like lamb and i don't like ribs mm. ribs is one that like some people just love their ribs so much but i find I'm it not to a be, huge rib fan like i won't go out my way to order ribs it's it, first of all you get sticky fingers for the whole night after yeah. eating it which is yeah. one thing but to me the, that's so like that's the downfall right it's a sticky fingers so you should have a good reward for getting the sticky fingers for the night but to me the, the meat's just not good it gets stuck in your teeth it's like a gummy version of a steak mm-hmm. i'm just i'm not a big ribs guy through and through i i i respect ribs like i like the idea of slabbering up a bunch of barbecue sauce on a meat and eating it but i just don't think ribs is like the best uh the best quality of meat. Like, I just don't like the texture of it. Unless we're talking McRib from McDonald's, sign me up. I'll have a McRib at McDonald's. That's for sure. I never had one. I've never had a McRib. I hope they bring it back. So I, I hope so, it. too. Basketball Phil and me, we've been making a little campaign. As much as I don't like basketball Phil, we agree on a lot of things. Interesting. I had grilled. I made grilled chicken last night. The marinade I made for that was so good. Like, I just followed a recipe online. There was like soy sauce You and Mikey sauce in, in your it. book? Yeah. I, I didn't use the book that Mike and I have, but uh, I, I went ahead and... Uh, Looked up a recipe online. It was delicious. Delicious. Should we get to the Canucks? Let's do it, man. Let's. Uh, there's lots to talk about, I guess. Yeah, I don't really want to, but I guess we'll do it. I'm just joking. I'm I'm very excited for this episode. And we, we went under 10 minutes for the person that left the review saying, uh, you know, is my favorite podcast after the 10-minute mark. Yeah, you like that, Jared? Oh, his name's Jared. We know. have a name. Oh, we don't have I'm going to start calling him Jared. Okay. Jared from here on out. Jared from Apple Podcast Reviews. Yeah, Jared from Apple Podcasts. All right, we do have a lot to get into. I was just at Canucks practice. Yeah. Can I start there with something? I know you probably have something to bring up, but I'm just curious to get, because I just played the audio from it uh, on on 650 when I was there, and I don't know, straight, very strange vibe from Travis Green for me the whole time. You know, he's... Joking Quite around a joking lot. Around. He was in a good mood today. He's, he was. Yeah, he stuck around, talked to media after. He it was, was like it felt strange after listen, I know that whatever they say, you know, you're gonna hear it. Jim's gonna say it, JT said it, but they all said it today that did media. Oh, we don't hear the noise outside, it's white noise, blah, blah, blah. There it's pretty obvious. Okay. It's pretty obvious that there's a lot of pressure on Travis. I was a little shocked to see how nonchalant and jokey around he was today. Especially as it you guys didn't have media yesterday, right? No, day off yesterday. So it was a day off yesterday. This is the first time back from a road trip where there was a lot of pressure to win on this road trip. And I was a little surprised to see Travis in such a good mood. Maybe 
he had a meeting with the owner before the owner had a meeting with Jim, Jim Benning or something. And, and he was in a happy mood after that. Who knows what happened? Why he's in such a good mood. I was a little surprised with how the questions were pretty pointed in the negative direction from all of the media members. And Travis was pretty, like I said, nonchalant about everything and quite a bit of laughs. He get, he wanted, he wanted Jay Janower on the ice with him. You saying he wanted to have a battle drill against Jay? You know what? Uh, Travis would love that. He would love to get into a battle drill with Jay Janauer on the ice. <laughs> Travis would love to get into a battle drill with a lot of media members. And it was funny. He, he joked around about how there's some sign in the Canucks dressing room that uh, that says "Ignore the white noise," and <laughs> and then Ian McIntyre asked what what it actually says on the sign, like to expand on. It. And Travis was like, "I don't really know." And he joked around that sometimes there's. There's pictures of us on there of, of media members, um, and yeah, there, there's there's a joke in there about lack of diversity in the Vancouver media scene. Yeah, most definitely is. Uh, you know, I just I, I just found it a little confusing why it was so. The questions were very like the, the media came hard today. I think the, a lot of the questions were about. It was about the Jim's market. meeting. It was about the meeting with Francesco Aquilini, which we will get to. That is very important. That's the, the most important thing, really. But yeah. we, we should talk about practice first and just what was said. Travis was, like you said, in a So I'm, in a what I'm asking mood. you is, like, what was the vibe in there? In the, like, in the, actually being in the room with him, was it like when you, like, when you guys finished that, were you like, what? Like, why was he there? Or were you just, uh, were you expecting that? Like, I, I was, I was a little surprised first time hearing back the whole media availability. Well, today. he had a, he had a day off. <laughs> Right, and then they're back, and they want a clean slate. He's he's not going to be upset. He's usually upset after morning skates because he doesn't like doing media, and then he's upset after games because they lose usually. So that's what you're comparing it to. But practice days, he's usually in a good. Like Travis is a pretty bubbly guy. Like you know, he's like a he likes to joke around. I just think that you look at that attitude, and then if you look at a stinker on Wednesday night. Well, yeah, it was what fresh. happens after that. Yeah, it was fresh and they've they've removed it from their memory, but not completely, obviously. And the players and the coach will all tell you the same thing that they need to move on and they need to, um, you know, not put any extra pressure on themselves ahead of tomorrow night's game against Colorado. Although I'm not really sure if I agree with that. But that's again, I'm not a professional athlete. Uh, but when I played my sports back in my heyday, oh, here we go. <laughs> Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I don't Quads know. Freaking Rep B baseball league. <laughs> wouldn't you want to, like, if it's a big game, you get yourself, like, kind of amped up for it. But I guess the circumstances are a little different when you're playing uh, professional sports. Yeah, I, well, yeah, that's true. I get <laughs> a all little these, different than what I did. I get all these embarrassing Facebook statuses from, like, <laughs> nine years ago when I was, like, tweeting out inspirational things on <laughs> Facebook to, like, my team. Oh, man. Or, I guess, not tweeting, just making Facebook statuses, like, to inspirational things to, Amazing. to, to get, the, get the boys going. Get the going. boys going. Football season, huge game, playoff game. We're playing Courtney. We got to wreck them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, though. man. I just I was I am a little surprised that it was it was wanna, like a like a good vibe today. There shouldn't there shouldn't be a really good vibe after the well, first media meeting coming back after what they just did on the weekend. The there wasn't a good vibe when he was getting asked the questions, but he found a good way because some of the questions were a little bit not worded incorrectly, but they definitely left the door open for Travis to have a witty remark. Oh, back, he questioned a lot of it. he questioned a lot of questions. Like, yeah, like, I noticed that back. a lot today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, like I don't know. I'm not. We are going to talk about Travis Green because he is definitely not 
okay, we're, we'll get to it later. But regardless, what I wanted to say is I'm not really worried or looking or reading too much into Travis Green being in a good mood. Like, it's just he's having a good day. It's sunny. It's just that I think it's the move that, that is like so close to happening, you know, is the fact that he might be able to might be getting let go pretty soon here. Yeah. And but what, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, he's I, I, get it, I get sulk, it. Right. He knows the pressure's sure. on. I just it's going to be interesting to see what it's like now. I don't think he's going to have that cheerfulness in a post game if they lose no, five absolute, to one. Absolutely not. Nor should he. But then right? would he have that same cheerfulness the next day at practice after a day of getting? You know that it seems strange to me. Yeah, we'll see. Probably not. To be honest with you, probably not. But honestly, like, what's he going to do? He's not going to come out and say anything other than I fully believe in this team. I fully yeah. believe I can keep getting the best out of them. Or, he hasn't, but I fully believe I can get the best out of them. Right? Like, that's what Travis is going to say. What else is he going to say? Like, he doesn't want to expedite his own firing by coming out and saying, "Yeah, you know what, guys, you're you're right. This roster sucks." Uh, you're also right that we suck, and I've lost the room. You guys are bang on. Like, he's not going to come out and say that, right? So, uh, I don't know. I I think you're reading a little too much into his media availability. Here. Okay, I just I found it interesting that he was in that he was in a good mood with the media today after the way things are pointed. And you know, like it just feels like it's part of the business, right? Like he 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 was kind of spinning it in his part of the business, but also at this point, to me, it's like the simplest, quick decision to try and spark this roster is the firing of a coach and bringing in a new voice, mm-hmm. but they cannot, they, they just won't commit long-term to a guy who's going to want a lot of money. You know, like they're not going to do a four-year deal for Bruce Boudreaux. They might. We don't know that. You think so with the same, the, I don't think they do no, it with I don't the think same they GM. Do either, but you have to, we don't know that, right? Yeah. The only way I could see like Boudreaux or, or Julian coming in is if it's like you first fire green and then like two weeks from now, they still suck. With Brad Hunt as the interim, you fire Benning, and then you bring in one of these guys with the new or interim GM. You bring in the coach. Like I, I can't see it just being a swap in and out for a Boudreaux or a Julian or you know Babcock's name starting to come up a lot because he would actually be a cheap option. He could actually fit the way that the Aquilinis want to spend money with the coaching staff replacing because he'd be so cheap. Yeah. He's you volunteering know? at the University of Saskatchewan right now, right? So he would be, if you're looking at a big name coach that's going to come here, I don't think they're coughing up money while they're going to pay Travis for two more years. They're not going to spend a lot of money on a coach. If if it is a name that wants to get a kick in the pants, no, no joking there either because that's what Babcock does. But he will, like he would be the guy that would monetarily fit a big name coach coming to Vancouver. Unfortunately, I don't know what that would be like. That would be brutal to switch that around and have to deal with Mike Babcock. Also, people suggesting Joel Quenville. And you know what? Take your Just heads to, take your heads out of your you know what. Yeah, and with Babcock as well. Like he was. I just think that you look at the Toronto media and how they reacted with Babcock. They were just. They were tiptoeing around everything. They yeah, were so he scared get, to ask him a it question. Would be way it different would, here. That's what I would say. Like we, like we, I think we have a as a group of media members would have a stronger word back at Mike Babcock than would be, especially with everything that's come out with Matt, Mike Babcock in the past. There, there would be no room for error with the media here no, in Vancouver. Absolutely. That's where, his first media. Sorry to cut you off. His ahead. first media press conference would literally be all about. So, Mike, how have you worked on your anger management issues? Yep. It ha- are you still going to bully players? Are you going to kick players? Is that still going to happen? People say that the Vancouver media Again, is all negative. This is all alleged. This is all things sure. that players have said. Yeah, alleged happened, for so. sure. Yeah. I mean, this is 
everyone says Vancouver media is negative. This would be a good time to be like, wow, like let Vancouver media flex their negative muscles that they apparently have are not even negative, but just asking the right questions in a yeah. situation like this. Well, and this fans, is down the road fans would want that, right? I'm just wondering, like, how many losses away are we from the coach being let go? Because I think I, I don't I just don't see it being Benning going first. No, I was no. So I was at the Abbots for a game and I was talking with an NHL scout who if I said their name, which I won't, everybody would know who this is. And I was talking with an NHL scout and something was kind of going around and people were chit chatting. And one of the things that was said was that, listen, I love Travis. I've known him for a long time, but it's just the way of the business. He's going to be, you know, let go. That's what I heard from an NHL scout at the Abbotsford game. This is how I look at this, Chris. The reason that Jim Benning should be fired is is very clear. It's that he's had eight years to put together a team, and now that he finally has and has gone all in, traded first round picks. You know, this is the best iteration of the Canucks you're going to get under Jim Benning without mortgaging more of the future. Like they have no prospects, all of their first round picks. They still have this one, but that who knows how long that's going to be. We'll get to the meeting that was had uh, later, but. This is the best iteration of the Canucks are getting handpicked. Every single player on this roster, except for Bo Horvat, has been handpicked by Jim Benning. And the the result is a team that's barely a playoff team. Like, even if you're the most optimistic Canucks fan, well, maybe not the most optimistic, but if you're an optimistic Canucks fan, but you're also realistic, you're looking at the talent on this roster and you're saying, you know what? This is probably like a middle-of-the-pack team. Like, they, they, are, they could make the playoffs, but they're not going to win the Pacific. They're probably not even going to come second in the Pacific, even if they're firing on all cylinders. And that's the best. I think if, they, if the they're Canucks. firing on all cylinders, they're the second best team in the Pacific. Okay. Anyways, the issue is that you're still a middle of the pack team. That's the best that Jim's created. And the problem with Travis and the reason that Travis should be fired is because as the coach, you need to get the most out of your players. Yeah. Right. And even if you think Travis is a good coach, I think we've both made it clear that we think he's a good coach. If you fire Travis, that is what that is what you're sending to your players. This is the message is just look. He couldn't get the most out of you. Here's someone else. Now, if if this guy can't get anything out of you, you're the problem. The players being the problem there. The, it just seems like that that if I was a player, I wouldn't be asking for that. But no, if that of course. Ha- but if that happens to a player, if a new coach comes in, I do believe that that would spark a lot of players in that locker room. Yeah, because they're not happy with how the season's gone either. And they like Travis. He's a good guy with the players. These players all seem to really like him. And obviously, they're going to be very supportive of him in the media, no matter what. Like whether it was last year without a contract with him, or now when the team when there's a lot of rumors and just things rumbling around that Travis might be the first to go here out of this group. The players are all going to say the right things because, and they like him. They like him, right? It's a lot of young guys on this team that seem to like a, a player's coach. But a new voice would make a difference. I'm not saying it's going to turn this team around and get them into the playoffs. Not every team is, you know, the Mike Yo St. Louis Blues situation as much as everybody wants to bring that up on oh social media. Gosh. That's what's going to happen. But I do think that a voice would would change this team. I don't think Brad Shaw is the voice that's going to change this team. Brad Shaw's been around this group for a quarter of the season or a fifth of the season, some preseason training camp. He's not the voice that needs to take over. You need an outside voice that's different. Has fresh ideas. Fresh ideas, a very different style of play, a very different style of communicating with players. Like, they do need a guy like Bruce Boudreaux or Claude Julian, like a real 
like that type of coach with experience in the NHL who like knows how to just deal with players a little bit differently. I, I don't like to be the guy praising the old boys club, but like the Canucks kind of need an old boys club to kind of, it'll be a veteran coach that they bring in. Think about it. Willie Desjardins first time coaching the NHL. Same with Travis, first time coaching the NHL. They haven't got the results they wanted. They're gonna they're gonna bring in a veteran voice. Um, I and think Brad Shaw's been an interim coach before, but yep. he hasn't had the tag for a full season. Yeah, I, it's and just to expand on my point uh, about earlier, as I was saying, the reason Jim should be fired in the eyes of fans is that this is a middle of the pack team, and that's just not good enough. And the reason Travis should be is this is a middle of the pack team, but he's got them playing like a bottom five team in the league, right? And that's yeah. why. And that's the thing. It's like we we're talking about. It's not like we're just going to come out off the top of this episode and just talk about what we think should happen with the person getting fired. Like, there's a lot of people who have done enough to to have their jobs in jeopardy for sure on this team. And it's not just the players, or it's not just the GM and the coach. It's you know, there's a lot of questions that should be asked to ownership. There's a lot of questions that should be asked at the players. There's enough blame to go around from everyone from top to bottom of this organization right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no question. Fire everybody is kind of what we've seen on Twitter, right? And while I think that's a bit extreme, because there's definitely good parts in that organization. Like, I look at the analytics department as, you know, Jonathan Wall's in there, and he does a fantastic job. Um, again, like, your pro scouting obviously has had problems in the past, but in terms of actually going out and the players that they've targeted recently, it's been a lot better. Like Tucker Pullman being the one that kind of stands out, but going out and getting Connor Garland, like that that's a good acquisition. Now, the problem here, and, and people are asking, what's the problem with the Canucks? Like, what do they need to do? Where did they go wrong? Is often the question we get asked a lot. And it was really just I not committing to the full rebuild and just cutting corners and too many little unforced errors. Just allowing all of your mistakes to keep piling up like nobody had a gun to their head and told them to sign Tanner Pearson again but they did and now that contract's going to be a problem and that for is them. that is so recent and it's that's so in, small it's so small it's that, so insignificant right but no it's it is significant that happened in year seven yeah right okay listen you go back and it's like hey we're trying to turn this team around quick if we trade for Eric Branson obviously didn't work those type of things early on I think can I don't think are excusable but are understandable. If that was your goal to turn around this team quick, you failed at that obviously. So it probably should have been the end of the runway there. But now it's just like the plan keeps switching and it's not even like it's not even like you start the year and and this is the plan for the next few years. It's almost just like the plan's changing every 3 months. Yeah, absolutely. And that's ex- uh, the Tanner Pearson re-signing is a perfect example of that. When there was We've heard anyways, a lot of rumors that Tanner Pearson could have been moved for as high as like a second round pick. Mm-hmm. How how important? Listen, look at the hype that people have for Danila Klimovich. A lot of people are calling, wanting to call him up to the NHL right now. Help the power play. Danila Klimovich. Guy's not even close to being ready for the NHL level. But hey, that's a prospect that maybe we should be excited about in a couple of years that could make an impact at the NHL. Hey, you could have traded Tanner Pearson for one of those. Yeah. That would have been nice. A couple years down the road, another second round pick. Maybe you draft a, you know, by, by the grace of God, maybe they draft a defenseman that might be able to help. It would be nice to have a defense prospect in the system right now. And I think the problem is people just look at the roster and they say, well, it's not really the roster because they're playing good five on five defense. And Tyler Myers is playing really well. And OEL's been playing well this season. 
the problem with the roster is that those guys are being asked to be first pairing guys and they're going to have they're having to play huge minutes and there's nothing else behind them. Like I said on the last episode, depth isn't going out and acquiring seven Luke Shens. It's having good enough players at the top that push good to average players toward the bottom. And That's a good way of looking at depth is depth players push other players down. Exactly. They don't need to be there when you need to push someone up. Depth players should push other players down. Yeah, so when 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 the team comes out and says, "Oh, we're going to be better this year like we have so much depth." Like, I'm sorry if you have a bunch of cookie-cutter players that aren't going to be difference makers and they're going to have to play in the second pairing, like that's not good. That's not good depth at all. And I don't care if you have you know, if Kyle Burrows goes down, somebody's going to come up and the drop-off's not going to be that bad. Right, because every team should have that. Exactly. That's every single point. Every single team does have that. Yeah. No matter what team you are, the Arizona Coyotes have guys in the AHL that can come and play six defensemen in a pinch. Arizona yeah. Coyotes have that. Even, and it was funny because, <laughs> I won't say who, but someone someone was said that they were talking to their spouse who doesn't really watch hockey and is kind of passing. They're like, oh, well, at least we're not the Arizona Coyotes. And it's like... Do you see how many picks the Arizona Coyotes have? Yes. Like, and their prospect pool, like they're going to be good before the Canucks probably are. Like, uh, is it is it crazy to say? Well, look look at Anaheim. How Anaheim looks so good with Man, that younger players. They have say, completely just triple jumped the Vancouver Canucks, yeah, and that shouldn't have happened. That should not have happened. No. And it was it was it, it's insane because the last eight years. Like in the last eight years, the LA Kings still had their cup winning team. Then they went through some tough years, really went out and acquired as many picks as they could, drafted well, and now they're close to passing the Canucks. Like Alex Edler, it was so funny because in the offseason, people were like, oh, why would Alex Edler leave the Canucks and go sign with a basement team like the Kings? Look at the standings, folks. Alex Edler went to a contender, Alex apparently. Alex Edler knew. <laughs> yeah, well. It, all, all kidding aside. If someone aside, would know, it would, you know, Edler probably would know what's going all on. All kidding aside, I don't know if enough has been said about what happened last season for Nate Schmidt, the nicest guy in hockey, to want to leave so badly, and for Alex Edler, who probably had dreams of finishing his career as a Canuck, to want to leave. Like Alex Edler's family is all stationed in Vancouver; he's a life here, and he wanted to go to wanted to go to free agency. Like I don't think I don't think enough is being said about how bad last year was and how much of a sour taste it left in the mouths of everybody in that locker room. And I think that's where you look at ownership, right? And I don't think we're going to hear from Francesco Aquilini no, or anyone from ownership. We're ownership, not going to hear from any of them. Ownership won't take ownership. That's the problem. <laughs> that's that is a good name for this episode. I I look at the way that this is going, and if I'm being a, if I'm if I were to just like take a step back from being someone in Vancouver who covers this team really close. You would look at the Vancouver Canucks and as bad as the Arizona Coyotes have been this season, are the Vancouver Canucks not the biggest joke of the league right now? Like, are they not the biggest joke of the league for how they believe that they should be and what they're performing? Like, listen, there's a lot of off ice things. There's a lot of things off the ice that I would, wouldn't call a joke, but I think that there's a lot of bad things done by a lot of bad organizations but if you're looking at just like strictly hockey performance <laughs> i was just gonna say the chicago blackhawks but they might be they yeah but word. i wouldn't call that a joke that's that's a different level like yeah, legitimately on like the disgusting. ice as a like if you were to make a joke like 
I don't know, is is hockey TikTok a thing? Because there's probably jokes going around about the Vancouver Canucks there. Everybody on hockey Twitter is joking about the Canucks right now. Exactly. So, yeah, like to answer well, your the question, fact that yeah. we even, I saw it on DFO, you did a, a guest bot, completely messed up a bunch of facts too while you were on there as I was watching. And they were talking about the Vancouver Canucks. Well, you're on the ice. You're like, Tyler Mott makes this huge difference. He was on the ice and they didn't kill, didn't score a power play goal against. But Mott can't be out the whole time. They scored two goals against Tyler Mott when he was on the no, ice last didn't. game. No, yeah, they, they did. No, they didn't. You were completely wrong with your stat. No. Yeah. Tyler Mott's been on the ice for two power play goals against this season. No, he hasn't. In I, one I game. I refuse to believe that because I was you watching came that on game. And you said no. I was you're watching gonna... that game. He wasn't on the ice. He's he on left for the both ice. goals. You're, you're totally wrong. We can I... look it up in the break. Yeah, we're going to look it up in the break. We can look it up in the break. But even like the fact that, you know, Frank Valley, well, he wasn't there for that episode, but DFO's now talking about what the Canucks are doing. Like Bryce Salvador, former player, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I just, I look at it and I, I have to believe that they are. If you're looking at just how everything's running, the fact that an owner and a GM are having to set a meeting up together, even though apparently they talk almost every day. Yeah, that's the thing is like, you know, they talk every day. So it's almost as if that meeting getting to the public and obviously it was Elliot Friedman that reported it. uh, It was almost as if that was like, okay, maybe this will calm everybody down. (laughs) I'm just thinking like, okay, Aquilini's at a lot of home games, I would say most of them. He's on the road for a decent amount of them. <laughs> is he just like avoiding Benning? Like he's obviously talking with them all the time. Why is why is this meeting so much? Unless there's actually something going to happen. It's just like <laughs> good for Friedman having the tweet that got a lot of likes, a lot of quote <laughs> tweets. But like, I don't think this and is then, like news. And then and then here's the thing. Okay, let, let, we'll get to the meeting on the other side of the break. We'll get to the results of the meeting, why it's insane that the results of the meeting are what they are but uh yeah we'll get to that we'll go to break right now and on the other side we'll break down the meeting keep it locked keep it loaded on canucks conversation winter is quickly approaching but wait that means your favorite seasonal brew is back to cheer you up the Tukes of hazard is now available across british columbia and alberta in their government and private liquor stores This extra strong brew has a whopping 9.2% alcohol, big hop punch, even bigger body and aroma, and just a touch of white haze. The Parallel 49 fan favorite is smoother than a freshly cleaned ice rink. Muddlers. Muddlers Pink Lemonade. We are so excited to tell you guys about Muddler's Pink Lemonade, my drink of choice. You guys have all seen it by now. Faber and I went out drinking. That was my uh, drink of choice first night. I think that the catchphrase for this ad has to be, it's the only alcohol that Quads likes. Absolutely. It's so good. It's absolutely the best pink lemonade on the market by far. A lot of these other drinks are just a little too sweet for me. Like, I I don't really like that. And this is like a nice mix because I also don't like when it tastes too much like alcohol. But this is like the, the perfect balance. There's a reason that it was the drink I got when we went to the Parallel Street Kitchen as well. It, absolutely, man. It is the sweet spot for quads in the alcoholic beverage realm. You can find it, like you said, at Parallel 49 Street Kitchen and in a ton of liquor stores. All the BC liquor stores have it. It's the bright pink cans, Muddler's Pink Lemonade. Go out and try it today. And a big thank you to our sponsors here. And I want to give a little shout out to one of them, too. Parallel 49. Their beers are excellent. The can art, top class. Like the best the best can art on the market right now. And we've uh, just re-upped with them for another six months of sponsorship. Two years they've been with uh, the Canucks Convo Quads. They've been with Canucks Convo lo- longer than you have. Wow. That's so, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, probably put in more work than you two. In probably. Two but 
just wanted to give a big shout out to them uh, from you guys supporting them. Uh, it supports us. So please go out and try some parallel beer. Appreciate uh, the support from them over the couple of years now and uh, into the future as well. Just want to give a shout out to them. So that's all I got there. But uh, you want to get more into the meeting. Yeah. The meeting of all meetings. The meeting to end all meetings. It is important that we talk about it because basically what happened today was we were told Matt Sakaris reported yesterday that there was a meeting that took place, a high-level meeting, as Matt put it, and he said there would be one today, and then Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet came out and said that there was going to be a meeting between Francesco Aquilini and Jim Benning to discuss the issues with the team right now, and that Friedman didn't get the sense that it was to make any off-ice changes. Now, Darren Drager followed that up by saying after the meeting, Canucks GM Jim Benning met with ownership today to discuss Vancouver's early season challenges and how the group can be better. Don't expect drastic off-ice changes. For the moment, the plan is to remain patient and continue to work with the team and personnel. So eight years of losing, and this ownership group is preaching patience to its fan base. If they lose tomorrow, I don't even care if it's close. If they lose tomorrow is going to be a very hard sell to this org- to this fan base, and it already is right now. Like, we're seeing so much apathy, and I... Their tweet folks, is out I right now. Mad. Did you I, see the tweet from the Canucks? No. Limited tickets available. Get your seat. This came out, like, 20 minutes before... Oh, my god! Like, 20 minutes ago, and all the replies are just like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Limited tickets. What are you talking about? Then somebody posted a picture of, like, the Ticketmaster, how many tickets are still available. Oh, man. Like, man, you, you feel for the social media person on uh, for the Canucks on that one. That's a, that's a tough spot to be in there. But I, you know what? It wouldn't shock me at all tomorrow. They lose. Like, listen, Colorado's a good team. Colorado's going to come in and look like one of the best teams in the NHL, I bet, tomorrow. So the Canucks and all this talk from JT Miller about they're going to be ready for it. I sure as hell hope so, because Colorado's not going to go easy on them when they get in here. And it wouldn't surprise me. Sorry. Okay. What do you want to read from the tweet? Someone posted a seat map of Ticketmaster that shows their seats in every single section at Rogers Arena. Their seats available. Yeah. Every section. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me one little bit. You know what? I know it wouldn't surprise me tomorrow at the game either. And I think this, this is an opportunity for fans to send a message. I'm not calling for anyone to throw their jersey on the ice, but... You could see that tomorrow. I think that would send a message. I think a Canucks fan is willing to... I think we're at that point where it wouldn't shock me to see jerseys on the ice at the end of the game. It wouldn't shock me, but I hate that. I hate that You so hate much. that one? Yeah, somebody... You I know think what? it sends a message. No, okay, yeah, aside from that. I hate it for the reason of there's just a lot of like kids out there. I was one of those kids that never got to have a jersey when I was like younger, like a real jersey, right. and I would have killed to. So to throw one on the ice, I don't know. That would that bothers me. That hits home. That okay. is, that is too close to home. I think it sends a message. I, it does. I just hate the principle of it. I All think right, it's, I fair think it's enough. You don't have bad. to like it. I think I think someone's going to do it tomorrow if they lose I bad. Think they might too. I don't disagree with. I you. wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see multiple. Like Vancouver hasn't had an opportunity to voice their opinions, and they would have last, last season. year. They wouldn't. They would have definitely thrown one. I just and now think, it's more or less the same. And like, tomorrow, same. like tomorrow, is really going to be. St- a game where the fans can have their voices heard. I don't think it's going to be very packed in there. I'm going tomorrow as a fan. I'm paying for a ticket to go to tomorrow's game. Really? Yeah. Well, Nikki wants to get back in the arena. He's watching another game. I got to go as a fan again. I'm not, uh, 
not too excited about tomorrow's game if I'm being 100% honest and now I got to pay for it to go in there. Well, the good thing is tickets will have to be cheap, I'm sure, but it'll be nice to watch Colorado play. It'll be nice to get down on the ice and see Nate McKinnon up close. I like that. He's injured, but I like your spirit. Well, you get to see Bowen Byron. Yeah, I've just remembered that. Now it's like a, I don't get to see anything I want. I'm just going to, if the Canucks, open, maybe I'll see the Canucks come back real close. I don't even get to see Nate McKinnon up close. Oh, Bowen Byram, though. I got to see a lot of Bowen Byram. and talk uh, a lot to Bowen Byram last Yeah, I year. did. Spent a lot of time out at the LEC before the pandemic hit there. That was nice. I haven't been able to get back to the LEC, and I really I hate that. I've been so busy with everything. You're a pro hockey reporter now. Yeah. You only cover the pros. Well, no, I want to get back. I want to see Parison. I want to see my boy Parison. What's what's he up to? He, he well, tell us. Well, what, not what much. I mean, like he's, he's just on one of the best teams in the CHL, and he puts up a lot of points. And that Kamloops team is unreal. I did the broadcast for the Giants the other day, and they were playing the Blazers. Man, that that's a really good team. If you're out in the loops, that's what they call it. The loops. If you're out there, you get a good, uh, really good junior hockey team to watch right now. One of the best in the country. So he's playing on that team as a top pairing guy. You like that. Just, he's not like blowing up points though, and just from what I've heard that everyone in the in the WHL that I you know get opinions on about players is they're saying they're like yeah he his skating is really excellent but it's not like he blows you away like a Bowen Byram would and I don't think you'd expect that from a seventh round pick but he's in his final year of the WHL you I think it'll be good to see him get into like once they get to the Mem Cup like that's gonna be fun to watch. See what Victor Parison can do under pressure in a big moment like that. That'll be a good little, you know, showing out party for him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get to your prospects report when we finish up the show, but we've got a little bit more to talk about. Like, the lotto line skated at practice today. Uh, the reason I didn't really report on it or put it in like a scenes from practice article was just because... At this point, it's just throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping it sticks, right? Well, that's that's our poll question. We can get right into it here. They just see what people see, people, like see what people are saying on the poll question because I gave a couple options here to go with the angry crowd. Um, so our poll question, our episode two fourteen poll question, brought to you by Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia. Find them on Twitter at Fuel the Fan. I believe the same tag on Instagram as well. Instagram, you can get yeah. uh, quick access to a lot of their their sales as well at Fuel the Fan. Check them out uh, for supporting us. Please support them. So our question, how do you feel about the lotto line coming back together? Three options. What do you think about that? We don't do a lot of uh, three option poll questions. A little fancy one this week. I'm checked out is the first option. I'm happy with it is the second option. And I'm angry is the third option. When you can naturally work I'm angry in, it's pretty good. It is a good poll question here. What do you think? There's one with over 50%. Which one is it? I'm checked out. Yep. Does not surprise me. It does not surprise me in the least. And that's what's scary. Like, that's what's scary as content creators right now is we almost have to kind of reinvent ourselves. But it's hard to get... It's Quads and Faber's cooking show coming yeah. next week. Well, the thing is, you can't just put lipstick on a pig, right? And Ten for only for so long until they realize it's a pig. Yeah, and it's like... I don't know. I'm not a really negative person, but... I I feel like I've been extremely negative these past two episodes, like extremely, and I hate I, it. I had someone tweet at me that they don't like like the sad version of me. Like, well, yeah, I, was I don't sad. like it last, Yeah, last episode I was like, it was a sad time to deal because yeah, we look at it. This is what we do every day, you know. And it's like, man, we want the team to just be better so bad. Like, I want the team to be better because it's just like the vibe around everything would be so nice. It's way better. It's more it's, fun to cover a winner. You know, I was uh, I was giving a 
Jamie a ride home today because I was like, he's, he was on the way to use to save him the transit and uh, Jamie Dodd from 650. And, and we were talking about it. We we're just like, man, like imagine, imagine how much fun it's going to be if we get to the point where it's ever three rounds of the playoffs, even the bubble run. Like imagine having fans back in the arena. For oh, that. yeah. It's so much better. And it's just, it's so bad that it's too bad. The Canucks aren't a great team. You know, it, it yeah. I don't know how much even we're talking about it. I don't, I don't want to get sad. I don't want to keep talking. I don't about want it. to get sad on the podcast. All again. I'll say is the best they've ever been in the Jim Benning era, other than the team he inherited from Mike Gillis, is a bubble team. Like that's right. the best this team has been. Is a team literally on the bubble and He's in the bubble. Still saw Scott Rhodes sellies during a pandemic. And it was awesome. It was awesome for them to be in the playoffs, right? Like, but I'm sorry. Like, you, you want to talk about Travis Green and his coaching? Travis Green is largely the reason that they got the, through those rounds. Good point. Right? So, yeah, I think we can close it out there. Both both guys are on the hot seat, and rightfully so. Yeah. Changes could be coming. Depends largely what happens right. in that Colorado game. Which, Onto the ice. Sorry, no, sorry. There's one thing I want to say. I think it's not great. It's, it's not a great um, omen that ownership is going to evaluate this management regime based on how this homestand goes. Like that's the other thing we didn't mm-hmm. really talk about is the reports from like sat and J Pat and I think John Shannon as well. And a few others um, that they're going to wait and see and this homestand and kind of see how fans react. Do it on your own, like figure out what's wrong with this team and make the changes you need to make. Cause what I'm, what I, what I worry about and I know a lot of fans are also worried about this is Say the Canucks tomorrow, you know, pressure's hot. They come out. They have a great game against Colorado. They win. Like, let's say they win against Colorado. That's what a lot of people were like. That's going to happen against Vegas. Well, like, that might not happen. only it, that. Poss- it is possible. Right? It is. Of I course get what you're it's saying. Yeah. It's the National Hockey League. Any team can win. But that well, shouldn't Arizona. that shouldn't wipe your memory if your mm. ownership yeah. about the past two weeks. Like, because even if they win against Colorado, right? The best this team is going to be is going to be a bubble playoff team, like hardly making the playoffs. And that's the best that this GM can do. That's the best that this GM can give you when he goes all in and gets rid of all of his picks. That's the best they can do. So that's all I want to say is I think it's I think it's Bush League that it's going to be influenced by fans. I'm curious to see like it, it seems like the right move is to move on from the guy who built the team with the general manager. But the move that I think is closest to happening is the coach, right? Well, I think so too. I think so too. And that's just, it's strange because, you know, firing a GM 20 games or whatever, you know, let's say they don't do well over the next few games, 20 games in the season and having to do GM search then, that's tough because there's, you know, the Canucks have a no plan plan right now. You fire your GM, there's literally, it's just a rudderless team. You can't make moves with an interim GM that are going to really affect this team for the long run. And it's not like you're going to be able to hire. If you do, if you just hire a GM to come in, you're just going to trust everything that this guy's going to do right off the bat. That's a lot to ask too. And that's a, that's a scary situation as well. You're not going to put the Sedins into the spot. Like the only logical replacement for, for me with Jim Benning, if it's going to happen during season is like Chris gear. And if you hope that Chris gear just has like a different, way of looking at this organization than the other GMs because you sure as hell ain't going to be John Wisebrod. I've talked to people behind the scenes. Chris Gear 
really good with contracts and everything. That's all he does. He's not really a talent evaluator, so I don't think he'd be put in that role personally. He's just good with contracts. Okay, well, I think there's enough people around him that it's just like a literal interim GM, not yeah. like an interim guy who's making the decisions. But if you need someone to, you know, I think Chris, I think Chris Gear is a decent enough guy to talk. But he's, he's also a smart guy. I mean, I think he's, I think he does a little bit of talent evaluating too. He spends a lot of time out in Abbotsford. I see him at the Abbotsford games all the time. So I, I think he does. I don't think he's just a numbers guy. I think that he would be the right option if you're looking in the organization. It's not the Sedins. It's not sure. It's not wise broad. It's not like a Stan Smeal. Better not be Stan Smeal. Stan Smeal's the guy being reported right now. Sakaris is reporting that that Stan Smeal might be the guy to step in. Gosh, that's not good I've for me. I've heard that too. That's, uh, that's, that's got some legs, actually. I don't like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like... The only one that makes sense logically is to, for in my eyes, is to bring a new voice in to be the coach right now. And I think that's what's going to happen in the next. If they go like one and three over the next four games or even what is it? A three game homestand right now, right? Yeah. One and two. We're going to have Harmon on on Friday's show. And it's been a while. We got to check how his uh, Vegas trip went. Yeah, exactly. We're going to have Harmon on on Friday, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, and then the Canucks will play the Jets that night. But uh, that episode will go out Saturday morning. So. Right. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And then Chicago closes out this homestand for the Canucks. So they should get at least one win on this homestand. I think we might be uh, flipping our show to Sunday this week because there's no game Saturday, right? Yeah, or 650 show. Yeah, they want to get like, because the interaction's been crazy at 650, and they they might be flipping us to Sunday for an actual pregame show. What? Okay. So we'll see what happens there. All right. We'll, we'll have to tweet about that later on in the yeah, week. Yeah, we'll have to discuss that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. I Yeah. And then as stuff on the ice as well, you're going to go back to the Horvat, Huglander, Pearson line, which is, you know, has been a decent line for them so far this year. A lot of line just, man. You know what was crazy? Like watching Patterson the other night playing like a third line role against like other bottom six lines and still be bad. Yeah. How do I think I did? I bring this up on the radio show last week that like Jason Dickinson has more scoring chances at five on five. Than Elias Pettersson? No, I, I don't remember you saying that. There's, I think well, I would remember that. Well, Jason too. Dickinson has more scoring chances at 5-on-5 five five than Elias Pettersson, which is wow. wild. And there's a, like, there's a couple things I want to address with the Canucks on the ice that I, that I just want to bring up with you. Like, What do you think is a bigger worry for the Canucks? Is it, is it like their first periods or is it their penalty kill? Because to me, the first periods are really setting a tempo for just being behind. And the penalty kill is so bad. But the first periods, they're being outshot 181 to 134. They're being outscored 18 to 8. Like the penalty kill is bad. It's really bad. It's the worst in the league. But their first periods are almost as bad as Arizona's. Wow. For shots, for goals. Oh my gosh. It's worrisome, man. Like can, there's can, so many things to worry about with this team. I want this team to turn it around more than anything. Like that would I be just great. Don't, I don't know. But I don't want to deal with this next year and the year after that and every other year and just say, "Well, they were close, but they just aren't." You know what I, no, what I don't want to say like to the opposite of what you said. I don't want it to be at the point where we're so close to fire to everyone getting fired anymore. No, like, I I'm never so want tired of again. that. Yeah. I, I'm so tired of it just Coming in every week and being like, is this the week that they go one and three and Benning gets fired? Is this the week that they go 0 and four on a road trip and Travis Green's let go? How many times can you get to the point of like almost everybody being fired and they still hasn't been changes to to really 
move anything around in the management part of the organization. Like, listen, they brought in the Sedins to learn. There's no, they didn't really bring in anyone that's going to actually make like big top level decisions that an AGM or a GM makes. The biggest question I have with this team, and I think one of the things that I don't think that they're going to go this route, but this would be a change that's out of the box thinking is bringing in a president. Mm-hmm. Like right now, like they should have done it a long time ago. If nobody's going to get fired, and if that's going to be the way that you got, like that this team wants to run, why not bring in a president? Bring in a president that's going to oversee what Jim Benning's doing as he's, you know, on the last strikes of his contract, however many strikes he's had. Bring in a president that's over top that can go out and speak on top, like over top, like a guy that when Jim's out there and he doesn't want to talk to media, bring in a president that's going to speak for the organization. I think that's an out of the box thinking that the Canucks could do. I don't think they're going to do it because how long have they without after Trevor left, they haven't really, it feels like gone that direction of thinking no. of bringing a president. And there's, it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I feel like that would fix, not fix problems, but definitely help them right now. Help alleviate for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We're going to close it out. There's not much else to say. Do you have a prospect report for us? Well, I'll tell you, Mikey, your boy out there, or no, he's not your boy. Artie's your boy. Mikey got back-to-back starts for the first time this weekend for the Oxford Canucks. He was excellent. Stopped 65 of 68 saves, a 9.59 save percentage for the kid. Really good game. And then they ended up losing in a shootout. They won the first game 7-1, which was kind of funny, uh, after the Canucks, after the Vancouver Canucks lost 7-1. But out in Abbotsford, they, they won the game on Friday 7-1. Then they lost in a shootout 3-2 on Sunday. Uh, Daniil Klumovic tried to go through the legs because that's his only move. I uh, didn't end up scoring. Mikey DiPietro, like I said, when I talked to everyone in the post game, all the players, the coach, everyone that I spoke with, like without even me asking the question about it, they all brought up that like, man, we wanted to win that for Mikey so bad. Like he has been just unreal for us all weekend. The the Canucks, the Abbotsford Canucks, end up winning a game seven one where they were outshot. They were outshot in a game that they won seven to one, but Mikey was that good. And then he ends up, they end up getting almost doubled in shots. I believe they were doubled in shots in the Sunday game. And Mikey gets them to overtime. Like, you know, there's a lot of love out there for sea loves. I know you and uh, you in the streets, the you in the streets all love sea loves, but Mikey looked great this weekend. He got those back to back starts. I talked with Trent, uh, Going into the week, it was kind of funny. I was like, I wonder if this would be the weekend. So I made sure to ask Trent Cole a bunch of times about like a goalie getting into rhythm and what it can mean. And then he, this is the first weekend that he actually goes that route uh, and starts Mikey for back-to-back games. So it's good to see Mikey have a good showing. Um, Will Lockwood look great again, man. Like if we're talking about a player that you would like to change in the lineup, like I think Phil DiGiuseppe is an option, but right now the best player in Abbotsford is Will Lockwood. His line was excellent the other day, and he was playing with uh, Chase Waters and Jared Lucas Savages. Like the fact that Will Lockwood made that the best line of the game, I think there's a lot, a lot from Will Lockwood to like in the AHL right now. And if I were to to make a change to the roster with someone from the AHL or something that might just help boost it a little bit, I think Will Lockwood's a good option. The dude dropped the glove the other day, landed a clean right on the guy in the fight, um, and then talked about it after. And it was like. We talked about it, and I asked the question in a really weird way. I was like, you know when you're hitting a baseball, and you just, like, you hit it, and it's one of those ones where it hits the perfect spot yeah, on the bat, feel it. and you yeah. don't even feel it? I asked him, I was like, is that what your punch was like? And he was like, 
He's like, yeah, now that I think about it, I didn't even know I got him until I watched the thing <laughs> after. And I was like, dude, you landed like the hardest right, right on the guy. Uh, and then he got one back in the nose. He had a big bandage and he was still bleeding. Like when he came out to do his post game, like I think Will Lockwood, I, I think I'm going to start banging that drum a little bit more now that he should get his call up. Like <laughs> then they'll just lose him on waivers or something at some point. I don't think he needs every, waivers. No, he doesn't. But I'm saying every guy that you've banged the drum for has gotten lost. Yeah, on that's waivers. true. Actually, yeah, they could trade him. Actually, he's probably a good prospect to throw into a trade to trade, boost right now. Yeah, the Faber curse, the Canucks convo curse. Really, man, I tell you, some <laughs> good guys. This team is traded away. It'd be nice to. I saw the today in the Athletic. Big write-up on how in, how big of an impact Zach McEwen is having and playing Philly-style hockey, and how he's yep. going to be a great boost to their bottom six. Good for him. Absolutely. I am very happy for Zach McEwen. I am very sad as a Canucks follower that <laughs> it couldn't happen here, that they lost a guy like him to waivers because Alex Chason was going <laughs> to fix the power play. <laughs> Alex Chason at 5-on-5. Five five. Oh, man. Even though everybody, that you, all your oily boys over there, they were all happy he was gone. No, they were. They were, they were ecstatic. They were like, they were they were like yeah, get this guy off the team. Just and another, at first it was like, oh, this looks like a good signing. Just another funny as the Canucks are becoming the joke of the NHL. And you are becoming the joker. This Every episode that people are listening to, first it started with you being real sad. Now we're just laughing about things. This I is was our ready. joker origin story. I was coming in here to be real angry today. And I think I kept it pretty calm. I think I was really negative. I feel bad being this negative because well, I'm not. It's a, not your. You know it's not, not your fault. <laughs> like, yeah. what are we supposed to be? Po- we haven't had any positivity. Well, maybe a little. I said, well, Lockwood's been playing good. That was that the only positive thing we said all episode. Yeah. Because like, what else is there to talk about? Nils Hoglander's been good. Yes, dude. Let's talk about Nils Hoglander for like 50, 50 seconds here. How, Nils Huglander, what does he have? Three of the last four goals for the Canucks? Yeah, like he's, he's scoring great. every. He's finally getting those bounces. I'm excited for him to get back with Horvat here. Play a little bit with you know, Horvat and Pearson. That line's going to work. Shout out to Niels. That goal that he scored, the first one, uh, was it the first one in Anaheim where he went through everyone and just took the shot? Yeah. What a goal scorer's goal. What an excellent effort from yeah. Niels Huglander, who's out there trying. It's just good to see someone trying. Totally. You know, good for Niels. Absolutely. He deserves it. All right. We'll close it out on Friday, Saturday. Sorry. Saturday, we will be joined by Harmon Dial on the show. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully the Canucks win a game, folks. There's not much else to say. You've been listening to the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.